Hey guys, how's it going? Pink Clyde... Oh, look at me messing up my own name. That happens sometimes. Pink Cloud 9 podcast coming at you. Um, today we have a special guest and we're going to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. So, and the cause of Pink Cloud 9. Uh, some of y'all don't know what Pink Cloud 9 means. And it's actually a recovery term about being high without getting high. You know, being naturally high, being naturally on that pink cloud. Um, and I just added the nine because it's my favorite number. But uh, that's what Pink Cloud 9 is about. So we're going to talk a little bit about addiction and disease. The uh, the um, fact that addiction is a disease part of it. That's what I meant. So cool deal. Uh, today we have the amazing, the beautiful, the smart, the intelligent Jessica Akras and her book, Sincerely Addison's Sister. It's a memoir, and we're going to talk about that. Hi there, Jessica. How are you? Thank you for being here. I'm good. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, okay, cool. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sincerely Addison's Sister? Well, it is a memoir that I um, have written about my story, about my brother's story. My little brother's name was Addison, and he um, passed away almost nine years ago. Next month, it'll be nine years. Um, After about a four-year battle with um, prescription pill addiction. Hmm. And um, once he passed away, he, he had lost three friends prior to his death mm. and they were all, he was 22 when he passed away. So he was mm. really young and he was in college and I just started to, um, realize that there was something really wrong where we live in Tennessee at the time, um, with all these young people dying, um, just left and right. You hear about it all the time, but nobody ever spoke about it. No mm-hmm. one ever really talked about what, what was going on. Um, and come to find out the the um, prescription drug problem that mm-hmm. really with with pain clinics and pill mills that started or really originated, I guess, in Louisiana and Florida, mm-hmm. um, they had gone through and um, written a bunch of laws to try and curb that epidemic. And when they did that, the um, pill mills just moved up to the state that I live in, uh, mm. because we didn't have any laws against, um, over prescribing and doctor shopping. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was, um, a newly formed database to try and help curb doctor shopping, but it wasn't a requirement and it wasn't used, um, to its full availability, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there were there, lots of people were dying from this. It was, wow. it had become a pretty much a business uh and people were they were creating customers and creating more addicts rather than trying to treat patients so i um created a facebook page um that gained thousands and thousands of followers really really quickly and then i went to the state legislature and drafted a law to try and and put a stop to all of this mm-hmm. um, largely using what Florida had done uh, used their legislation kind of as um, kind of as a draft and then spoke with a lot of doctors and medical 
professionals trying to um, figure out what the best way to tackle the, the issue was. And so we drafted this piece of legislation and then we lobbied for it for about 18 months mm. and it was passed and it is the Addison Sharp Prescription Regulatory Act of 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was signed into law by the governor um, that year. And so then it was just put on my heart to write the story about what we did and how we did it. Um, sort of as a tribute to my brother in remembrance of him, but also just to um, let people know how big of an issue this is and that just as a normal citizen, you know, I had no background in government. I didn't know mm-hmm. how I was going to get this accomplished, but it just seemed like it just it just kept going on and on and on and no one was doing anything about it. So I decided I was going to do something about it because right. nobody was. Um, so then I just wrote the story of, of my brother and his experiences, his struggles, his death, and then my journey trying to get legislation passed to hopefully save other families from going through what we experienced. Absolutely. Wow, you are such a hero, you know. Um, thank you for doing all that you did and... Uh... That you wrote the story about it is uh, wonderful too because then we can learn a lot about what 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 we can do, you know. Um, yeah. So, what kinds of things can we do as a community? Um, maybe like on a smaller scale, you know. Yeah. Um, around town, if we see a problem or if we know of somebody that is maybe in our family or one of our circle of friends, a uh, fr- uh, friend, you know, um, what would you recommend we do if we know somebody that's probably maybe suffering with some kind of um, addiction to prescription pills? Well, the first thing that we can do as a, mm-hmm. as a community and as a society is mm-hmm. spend more of our time and energy just off the bat on prevention of the whole issue. Um, I I know that obviously they talk about it in schools and stuff, but with the prescription drug issue, you know, they will tell kids, you know, don't, don't do this or that, that is like illegal hard drugs. But the prescription pill um, situation came about because it's not illegal and you're getting a prescription from a doctor and well, Mm -hmm. if my doctor gave it to me, then it's okay. And it should be fine. And they wouldn't be giving it to me if it wasn't okay. So there needs to be a lot more education on the fact that those type of drugs are not meant to be taken long term um they're not it's it's not something that they should just put you on and leave you on and just keep writing the prescription for months and months and sometimes years um that's not what those drugs are intended for so that's that's the number Mm -hmm. one first thing i think this sort of crept crept up on us um without realizing the severity of what the outcome could be mm-hmm. um, because it's because it's prescription drugs. Um, but then also, <clears throat> if you know somebody that mm-hmm. is struggling with this, I mean, they need to have, first of all, incredible support from their friends and family, and then to try to seek treatment in the yeah. best possible way that they can. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a very it's very hard I know to enter into recovery even with a great treatment program. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's really hard to do that without that kind of support. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, prevention, education, information. And uh, if, you know, you know, somebody that's struggling, then intervention also, you know, whatever right. it takes, all right? Of the, all of the shuns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so one of the things that we agree upon is that addiction is a disease. Absolutely. And so there's a lot of controversy around that. Um, what makes you uh, believe that? Uh, and then I'll tell you what, why I believe it as well. Yeah. Um, well, I just know that addiction is recognized as mm-hmm. a disease. I mean, there are scientific studies and medical, um, medical background to, to, to back that up. I mean, it's, I, I don't think that that is something people deny that, but I don't think the evidence that we've been given as a society can Mm -hmm. really refute that fact. It has a really strong genetic component. They've proven that Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Um, Not to say that, you you know, that's a given, but that's a huge factor in there that people don't um, a lot of times take into consideration. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, to me, it's, I don't know. Studies don't lie, in my opinion. I, I, I just, I think that the people that say that it's just a choice and, you know, you just made bad choices and that's kind of what you, that's just kind of what you get or kind of what you deserve for making bad choices, um, don't really understand, don't really understand the, um, the science or the, or the medical aspect of any of it. Um, and it's just, I think that's just ignorance speaking, Mm -hmm that they don't they don't understand that that is a proven thing that it it is a disease it's it's a disease just like any other yeah absolutely i totally agree um you know as a person of addiction uh in recovery for three and a half years i know that for me it's definitely a disease definitely genetic uh, coming from my grandfather to my father to me, you know, uh-huh. and on and on and on. So it's definitely, you know, also, like you said, it's backed up scientifically. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be an addict. So why would you choose it? No. You know, <laughs> who wants to yeah, be, that's... wake up and be like, okay, today, you know, I'm going exactly. to get into this lifestyle and, you know, exactly. take everybody nobody down with want, me. Nobody wakes up and says, that's what, that's, I think that's what I'll become. That's mm-hmm. what, that's today. That's what I want to do. Um, and if for my brother's perspective and f- for a lot of the cases that we have uh, around the country and, and, and in our state and our community is that, well, people will say, well, that's just a choice you made. Really? Well, I, I know a lady, she's not, she's not with us anymore. She passed away also, but she became addicted to um, Oxycontin mm-hmm. from having rotator cuff surgery. Mm. You know, that was not like a bad choice she made. Mm-hmm. You know, she needed surgery to repair a shoulder. They did it and then continued to write her for a prescription for Oxycontin for six years. Mm-hmm. You know, that right. that is not, that wasn't like, I'm just going to smoke crack, you know, yeah. like that how is that a bad choice that she made 
Yeah. You know, and she struggled with it for years and years until she until she finally overdosed and she's not here anymore. And then mm-hmm. people will say, okay, well, that, that may be that scenario um, with somebody giving you a prescription for that. But what about people that do that do harder drugs that do mm-hmm. um, that that smoke meth or, or they do cocaine or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a choice that they made. Well, but it didn't start out that way. You know, people, yeah. I, I don't really know of anybody that just said, okay, today I'm just going to snort some cocaine. Like it starts <laughs> with, let's have a drink. Well, yeah. you know, for okay. one person, let's have a drink is, okay, let's have a drink. And we'll have a drink occasionally, socially, and it never becomes any kind of big deal. Right. But for those people that have a genetic predisposition, let's have a drink can become an addiction in and of itself, which leads to bigger and, and bigger and worse things down the road. But, mm-hmm. And it gets away from you and that, that grabs a hold of you before you, you know, so it's like, well, could you go back and say that first drink that I had? Well, that's just your bad decision. Well, how many people just have a drink? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's legal. Yeah. We're allowed to drink alcohol when we're 21 in this country, you know, so right. Uh, that whole argument to me is just, yeah. it just doesn't hold water to me. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. The other component is um, you are um, much of a believer. And, yes. Uh, tell us about that, how God has helped you get through these hard oh, wow. times. Well, um, for a very long time after my brother died in the in the very... Um, short interim after he died, I didn't want to be here anymore myself. Mm-hmm. I just, he was 10 years younger than me and he was like my baby and we were, we were far apart in age, but still very close. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know how I was going to do life without mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. I, I would pray to die. I wanted to die. I felt mm-hmm. like I was going to die. Um, I didn't think, I, I couldn't see me living the rest of my life without him here. So I just didn't want to be here anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I was a believer at the, and I was, a, and this is a believer saying that, you know, I had been a Christian most of, you know, since I was a child. And so as a believer, I was like, just take me home. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this life without him. I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got me through that. <laughs> so yeah. That's it. That's a huge, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and got me past saying, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I wish that I could say that, or, or it would be nice to say that, you know, I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, I need to figure out what's going on here and do something about it. But that was all God led. I mean, I started this process um, of getting this law passed mm-hmm. like 11 days after he died. I mean, he had wow. just died. And I was like, uh, th- I'm going to do this. And th- I was so on complete in shock autopilot, like not even really functioning on any sort of normal level. Mm-hmm. And he just, he opened every single door for me along the way to get me to who I needed to talk to and mm-hmm. helped me get my point across, uh, you know, how I need to explain how dire the situation was and how many people we were losing in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that my first meeting with legislators, they, 
they didn't disagree with me. You know, they were like that. Yeah, it sounds like we absolutely need this. And the list of restrictions and regulations that you've brought is, you know, extensive, but it's but we need it. And maybe like three to five years from now, we can get it all done. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, we no, we don't have three to five years. Mm-hmm. We're, we're losing thousands of people every year. I mean, thousands. Like, we don't, we don't have three to five years. You know how many people are going to die by the time you say that we can get this finished? So mm-hmm. then God helped me get that done in 18 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we wrote it, we drafted it, we lobbied it, we passed it all in one shot. It didn't, like, because they were assuming it would be, because it was so large and so many, um, so many restrictions that it would, we would have to do it piece by piece and we would have to do, you know, session by session. One year we'll get this part and the next year we'll get that part, but we got everything done. Um, and I cannot say that it's because I did this or that, that he did that. Right. Um, I worked for it and I, that's all I did. I've, you did the footwork, but then the miracle, yeah. But then the yeah. miracle was made by, you know, a higher right. power. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then in writing the book, it was not anything that I wanted to do. I didn't write a book. I, I never, I mean, my degrees are in advertising and business, and but I quit doing that. And then I had gone back to school, and I was a personal trainer, so I was in the whole fitness world. And writing a book was never something that I saw in my future that I had dreamt of doing or, or, or ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That was that was like a weight on me that you have to write this book that just wouldn't go away. And he's the one that was putting that on me to, to write it. And even though I didn't want to, I resisted, I delayed, I, you know, the, the passing of the law was 18 months. Writing the book was five years because I could, I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, that pressure of you have to write it, you have to write it, you have to write it. Um, I didn't know why, I needed to write it <laughs> other than it's just what he wanted me to do. And, and I would resist that feeling until I would actually sit down and write for a little while. And then I would feel mm-hmm. some relief from that right. pressure right. that just wouldn't go away until it was finished. And then I thought, well, great. Now it's finished. Mm-hmm. How do I get it published? I don't know how to write a book, just like I didn't know how to write a law. I don't right. know what I'm doing. And wow. my husband is a dentist mm-hmm. and he um, had a patient one day that he had treated for a while who was an author telling mm-hmm. him about um you know his his story and his experience and blah 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 and mm-hmm. you should um have your wife contact my publisher and she's local and she does this and she's an author herself and so I mean I kind of got a publisher sort of just dropped in my lap and I know that that was not an accident it could it couldn't be the timing of of when all of that happened cannot be a coincidence mm-hmm. and so I connected with my publisher her name's Jody Dyer she's wonderful cool. um and 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 I and I loved her immediately and she helped she's also an editor and she um she edited my book and she published it and so it's just he just saw me through every single step of the way when I got to something that I knew I was supposed to do but yet had no idea how to do it then he just either open the door or gave me the answer or set somebody in my path that could help me along the way too many times for anybody to say, well, it just so happened that, you know, like by coincidence, it just wasn't. 
Right. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful story, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love all these uh the you know, these testimonies of real life people and real life situations and you know that a higher power is working behind the scenes is, you know, also cool to to relive. Right. Um and then uh, I guess the last thing that we discussed about is making the, the you know, making it really important that to be known that, you know, if, you know, if, if given the opportunity to do drugs or not do drugs, choose to not do drugs, right? <laughs> like it sounds, do it sounds, I don't know, elementary or, or whatever, whatever, but, but it's, but just the thing is you don't know as a 14 15 16 17 year old whether or not you're predisposed to having that disease or not you and sometimes you don't know until it's too late so mm-hmm. i would just say avoiding all of that together is your safest bet of not ending up in a situation that you don't want to be mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't know where that path is going to lead. So people mm-hmm. will say, oh, well, it's just smoking weed. It's just, you know, it's it's no big deal. You know, it's legal in so many places now. And, you know, they allow it for medical purposes, you know, whatever. And, like, it's, it's just not that big a deal. Well, it probably isn't that big a deal for some people. But then for the others, that can then lead to other things that will become a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that when you're, it's just because your brain's not fully developed until, until you're 25. So when you're mm-hmm. a teenager, you know, your mentality is, what's well, not going to happen to me? That happens to other people. I'm going to be fine. It's not that big a deal. You know, you, know, just, you can't educate young people enough about sure. just don't even mess with it. Yeah. Just don't, e- just don't even. I agree. I mean, uh, you know, it it has to be said over and over and reminded because even if like even if you're not an addict and you're not going to get into like a full blown addiction and end up in jail or, you know, end up in death or anything like that, um, even if you're not an addict, what happens is. If you are out there smoking weed with your friends or doing coke or whatever you're up to, you don't know if that's the one night or one day or skipping school, for example, whatever kids do, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't know if that's the moment that you're going to get like kidnapped or raped or, you know, you just don't even know just because... Get into a car accident. Yeah, exactly. Anything. All kinds of crazy, crazy, insane stories that happen just because... Right. You're in a dangerous situation, basically. Basically, drugs equals danger, and let's just stay away from it. Absolutely. Yeah, so, cool deal. Um, Are there any last words that you would like the listeners to, our listeners to, um, to know about you um, or your brother or the situation or the book or whatnot? I, um, about my brother, you know, I, I, I wrote the book for so many reasons, part of, part of which, um, is in remembrance to him, which if you read the book, which I hope people do, um, Addison was 
I always wrote my letters, uh, and that's why that's why the book is entitled "Sincerely Addison's Sister" because most of my campaigning and lobbying for this bill was writing letters to every senator, every state rep, every every everybody mm. that we have mm-hmm. in the state, and I didn't care if they remembered who I was or knew my name, but I wanted them to know Addison's name. Mm-hmm. So I signed my letters, sincerely, Addison's sister, um, to all of them. And, and there was months and months and months of letters, thousands of letters. Um, but I wrote to them in the very beginning when I was introducing myself that, you know, Addison was so much more than an addict, just like every addict is. Right. He was a believer in Jesus Christ. He was funny. He was endearing. He was charismatic. He was sweet. Um, he was, he was more than that did not just define who he was. He was more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and that is true for every person that struggles with addiction. That should not be the word that defines who you are. Um, because that's, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. That, that is something that you struggle with, that you that you deal with on a daily basis, no matter what stage um, of addiction you're in, and even even into recovery and beyond, that should not define who you are. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that people, um, I know across the country, people struggle with addiction, or if they don't in their family, they know someone who does. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. If it's not you, it's somebody that you know, mm-hmm. even in your smallest circle. Mm-hmm. So I hope people will read the book, read the story to know that for one, they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, It affects so many of us. And two, there are things that you as a normal everyday citizen can do about it to help, help the community and the city and the town that you live in. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to know that, you know, you're not, you're not by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So true. Thank you so much. And tell us where we can find the book and uh, how we can get in touch with that. It is available on Amazon.com. It is on BarnesandNoble.com. Okay. And I also do um, autograph copies through my Facebook page. Um, and people can either Square App or PayPal me um, for copies of the book. But it's through my Facebook page is, it's just entitled Addison, all capital letters, A D D I S O N. There's a period after each letter. Um, but if people want to message me, I can sign a copy and ship it directly to you. Um, and you can just, you can PayPal or Venmo or however, there's tons of ways. So those are the those are the three main ways that you, can, that you can get a copy of it. And it's available on Kindle, too, on Amazon.com. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, and uh, for Sincerely Addison's Sister. I can't wait to read this uh, memoir. I'm really excited about it now. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, good luck to you and yours. Thank you so much.